Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar, the Barbarian. And with us today, we have returning guest, Tanya Floker. They've been with us before to discuss side quest, and I'd like to welcome them back again. Hey there, Logar. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. And as I understand, it's the end of October. Coming mm -hmm. up this weekend is Halloween, and -hmm. that means the next day starts what? Side quest. Yes. Hey. <laughs> so I see that we've got some more people that have joined in side quest since we last spoken. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't pull up the page, which I probably should have before I started this. <laughs> we've got we've got some some uh some of the, the, the big indie names are, are starting to get involved now. You know, uh, D. Vincent Baker is is doing something. The Barbarian's Bloody Quest is sort of a series of zines. There's a second issue coming out with uh, Side Quest. The Indie Zine, which is a, a sort of like compilation magazine that comes out regularly, is is doing a print run with, with Side Quest. And, and yeah, and a few other people that, that have got Tommy Martin, we mentioned before, from um, Two Summers. Yes, that was a wonderful zine. That was one of the first ones that we had reviewed here when we started doing the the zine reviews. I really appreciate that. It was a cool thing. Still yeah. have yet to run it. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, Mark uh, Mark Strox, who sort of kind of kicked the ball off with SideQuest as a, an interesting sort of uh, uh, the Mark of Dracula, exploring a gothic castle as a solo RPG. And yeah, I'm I'm doing something. Go go to the the website. It's got it's got a whole list of really interesting projects. Perhaps there's listeners out here who did not listen last time. Wasn't because our viewers our listenership has grown quite a bit since last time you were on. So let's tell our new listeners and refresh our old listeners on exactly what side quest is and why they should be excited about it. <laughs> it this is comes from another event. The reason we're called calling it side quest is that in February of each year, for the past three years, Kickstarter have run a promotion called ZineQuest. And what happens is that over the, the month of February, creators ask to start two week long campaigns to try and launch a print version as a zine of their projects. So this can be a, role, a full game, full role play game, or, or sometimes skirmish war game stuff. It could be like a module, an adventure, could just be some random tables, any, anything to do with, with gaming, as long as it's in a, a small zine format. So A5 or smaller, like doesn't use too, lots of fancy printing techniques. It's just put, put down and put out. And so for me, it's a bit like Games Design Christmas in a way. <laughs> so, suddenly you've got hundreds and hundreds of like really affordable, amazing little passion projects, sometimes from first-time creators, sometimes from big names who are wanting to try something a little different or something that isn't, isn't a, a 30 or 40 pound or, or 50, 60, 70 dollar book to put on your shelf. You get a, a real interesting mix of stuff and a lot of the games, some of the games I've seen originally as Zine Quest games have then gone on to be expanded and become bigger things. So it's a, a really good place to sort of see what's up and coming and what's interesting and, and to try these things out without it breaking the bank. Mark, uh, who I'd mentioned before, Mark Strox, had this amazing idea because 
there were all these designers doing this and we're all talking past each other on all the different social media platforms and different discord servers so mark created the zine creators workshop before the last scene quest to try and gather us all together into one place and start talking about like producing the zines helping one another with design passing on tips and tricks for how to like put together our campaigns on kickstarter anything at all where we can help one another out and so this sort of spirit of like solidarity and mutual aid between us all built into the idea of well a lot of us use itch and do itch funding or we want to use a different fundraising platform or we want to try put out things instead of as a physical zine could we create them as websites or like is there other ways of of doing this and so this sort of rolled into the, the whole idea of zine quest itself well could we do it for ourselves without needing a big company or a middle-sized company or any company being in charge of that and, and the answer was yes mark registered the website sidequest.info put it together it didn't take too long basically the uh, the rest of us just chip in what we can everyone that's wanting to be involved at the very least, what we're going to do is talk about SideQuest. We're going to talk about one another's projects. Like I've got a project involved in it and I've not even mentioned it yet because just by going to the website, folks will see the sort of like array of different projects on offer. And this is the first year we're trying it out. And so I'm, I'm expecting this year will be like a, a little smaller than it will be further down the line. A bit like ZineQuest is growing every year. But I also feel like there's going to be a lot of people who are uh, have got really amazing designs that are going to really push the boat out to make this this really work. Yeah, and some of the creators there, I have a few zines from here, and they're amazing. I'd say that I, I've been around zines for a while at different info shops and places like that, and a lot of the zines that I'm used to are not as nice as some of the things that I've got from some of these creators. They're really nice. That's, that's exactly the background I come from. So it, I think you've got the copy of the, I, I helped produce for ZineQuest earlier in the year for my local uh, indie games club. We put together uh, the Edinburgh Indie Gamers Zine. Yes, uh, just got that in the mail. Um, and it's got the cool unicorn on the cover at all. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had a chance to flip through it and read it yet. It's been a busy no, no. week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, un understandable. But the, that, that, that is possibly one of the most, it's, it's one up there is one of the ni nicest produced zines that I've done. Um, yeah, it's, it's really well done. Definitely not one of my cut, cut and paste jobs. <laughs> um, but uh, like a lot of them that come out, are, people are really pushing the boat out about what you can do with the format. And I, I feel like, like from a personal level um i've got a game called be seeing you which is going to be coming out and i've already sort of done some test runs and, and been practicing with different things and i'm looking at it and i honestly think this will be the first time i'm putting out a game under my own name under my own steam and i think this is the perfect way to do it so if there's anyone out there listening that that has got like i've got this good idea I'm not quite sure how to get it into to print, but I want to get it into print. Hop on, like I'm sure we can get the links to the Zine Creators Workshop out to you. Like we'll help you get it there and we'll pop it in SideQuest and show you how to sort of run your funding campaign and give it a shot. 
because the worst that happens is you don't hit your target. You, you can try again another day. With us all pulling together, it's a great time to get some, some eyes on your project. Now, BC and you mm -hmm. says it's an RPG about independence, surveillance, freedom, and compliance. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, could you tell us a bit more about that? That's an interesting an interesting tagline there. <laughs> so um, it, it all started um, like like these things do from a, a small a snowball being rolled. My, a friend at the, my local games club was asking if you wanted to run the old 60s TV show The Prisoner in a role play game, what game would you use? Now, The Prisoner was this sort of like 60s spy thriller but very surreal about a man who you never know his name, who gets, he resigns from some sort of position that you maybe can guess is something to do with spies or secret service, goes back home, he's knocked out with sleeping gas, and he turns up in this bizarre village where he's constantly under surveillance and they're trying to break him and find out why he resigned. There's a few games. There's a game called The Prisoners of the Village, which I've never read, which I sort of recommended to my friend, but they went into it. And there was a GURPS Prisoners thing, but it didn't really hit the right feeling underneath it all that they wanted. And so I was just like, you know what? I, I think I could write a game. And at first it was quite prisonery, but then as time went on, I started to bring in more and more influences from other places. So things like the film Stalker, the UK version of the TV show Utopia, Oh, that was that was cool. Yeah, I'd like to apologize for the, the <laughs> Amazon like remake that you were given over in the States. That was that was a criminally bad TV show. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it enough yeah. that I went back and watched the 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 original the UK version afterwards because I wanted uh, more and I was like, oh no, they're not gonna make anymore. I need to see this. So I went back <laughs> and watched the originals. I had to find them on YouTube of all places because they weren't mm. available to stream in the US legally anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But um yeah, well, I think I guess if you've seen the, the I think it's a comparative thing. If you've seen the, the original and then you go and try and watch the remake, it's a bit like, oh, that's, it's sort of ropey. But uh, yeah, that's you, a lot. A lot of the times that happens. Yeah, the, the <laughs> other direction, it probably is a little bit more palatable because you're seeing it for the first time and then you, you're sort of going another direction. Yeah, so it, it, I sort of brought that in. It's not just about this 160s telly show. It's, it's more about... Um, you play, play with three to five people. There's no GM. Um, it's total play time. You can split it up into different sessions of play it in one go. It's somewhere between three and six hours of play. And it uses a token economy. So there's no special kit or anything needed. There's no dice rolling. It all works on, on sort of exchanging tokens back and forth. And you rotate control of this main character who's the prisoner in the village. You create your own prisoner that you share, you create your own village, and the other players, when you're not playing the prisoner, take control of the, pe the people who are in control of different aspects of the, the narrative. So that can be like the, the other residents that are there with you. It could be the village itself and the technology it employs to try and break you down. Or it could be the, the administrator of the village at that present time who's overseeing you and has a plan to try and break you down. And on two hands, on one hand, it's about surveillance culture and control within society. And on the other hand, it's about how individualism functions within that. Can, can an individual break that, 
that sort of societal control by themselves? Or is that maybe something that requires more than just one person? Well, as a sociologist, I find that fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole on today's episode. I can talk about that for a long time. So yeah, it's uh, like with that, that's quite a, a dry taker. Like when you're at the table, it's it's like uh, it's got mechanics that basically build up a, a it's a pressure cooker game. As the game ticks on, like you're you're trying to struggle. The, the prisoner characters struggle like, either acting in compliance with things that are being put in front of them to try and gain wiggle room to move and do and try later acts of defiance, or even try and uh, escape the situation they're in. And it's about like timing that. And, and so the token mechanic balances that on a knife edge as you're going along. But then there's, there's mechanisms that sometimes control your placed under cranks up and up and up. Things start to break down. It becomes more and more surreal, more and more tense uh, until you get to a final sort of like a crescendo where you have to figure out what's going on. And, and, and then the game ends and you, you take a breath and and think about what just happened and then you have to return to normal life and reality yeah 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 and it's definitely um if you like the the sort of real life influences are things like in germany they were they done a thing called the cam over games where people formed formed up teams to and you scored points for taking out cctvs uh, you could register them anonymously, your your team and, and how you were doing. And things like the, the resistance in the UK, we've got a set of laws and protocols that get termed the hostile environment. And it's they're in place for migrants and asylum seekers to try and force them out of the country. And it's it's really disgusting, but the 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 actual like groundswell of resistance against it, people like sabotaging enforcement vans people chaining up the gates and sabotaging the vehicles that are used people when people see deportations in action recently in glasgow someone was just walking past a deportation van like dragging people out of house and literally just wrapped like ran over to the van and wrapped themselves around the axle and started texting everyone they knew in glasgow and like within uh, about 20 minutes the entire street and the whole neighborhood was completely crowded out with people and the police were brought in in bigger numbers, but they couldn't control it. And they had to let the people go. That's what I like to see. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And it's that kind of resistance to this sort of this creeping authoritarianism that's it's not even creeping anymore. It's leaping forward and bounds. And yes. But but so is so is the sort of like like just having somebody that's walking past and goes, no, I don't want to to suffer that. I don't want to see that happening, and and then that to sweep through, like the, an entire city, is is really positive. And so these things sort of inspired me writing writing this game and and sort of like thinking about what that meant, and and then thinking about the prisoner, where it's all about this the individual and the, this one person up against the system, and how how does that all relate and how, how can you think about that without without it being a lecture without it being like these are the underlying things like yeah Reef of Vendetta is another another touchstone but the the sort of graphic novel stuff of it we're about out of time for the day if you've enjoyed what you've heard you can find us at wobbliesandwizards.com one more time as we sign out could you tell the listeners where they can find SideQuest all of it is at SideQuest 
dot info. Okay, nice and easy. And keep those dice rolling. <laughs>